0: I promise you there's something bigger happening. You just got to give God some permission. And so we're at the Passion Conference. It was at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You should Google it just to get a snapshot. I've got some photos. I think the team will put them up as I'm chatting. Uh, But 70,000 people uh, filled that room that day, of which 58,000 were between the ages of 18 and 25. 58,000 people between the ages of 18 and 25. And then a few of us bullies, who actually you can't just buy tickets as a bully. Um, you, you can't just shout out to my online friends. Bully if you're from some other part of the world means older person. And um And you can't just buy tickets as someone that's over 25. You have to be invited or a guest or a friend of someone that serves at the conference, which is our case. We know some people in the Passion Team. But that room was for young people. And so I wanted to tell you guys that what God is doing in your generation is unbelievable. And when you meet in transit and when you get into your schools and when you open your Bibles and when you pray with each other, it's not just something you should do. It's something God's doing. And through you, He's going to do things with your life that mom and dad and us could never have imagined because He's got bigger plans for you than we do and so I needed to say that so that's just to set up but come on let's welcome up John and George give it up for our youth pastors and by the way just full full disclosure we're slightly jet lagged and so if I'm blurry with my language and my sentences don't line up just just forgive me just be kind all right it's a thing really it's a thing I was up at two this morning figuring out what I'm going to say but God is good um, we had an epic trip. Did you bring a microphone with you? <laughs> Jet lag. It's Sunday, Gerbs, and we're in church with a whole bunch of amazing people. Um, but I thought we'd just kick it off. You guys are obviously gonna head up with transit now and continue what God is doing. But uh, we had an amazing time. I, I personally love traveling with you guys. I just wanna honor you guys. They are up for it. What I love about this couple, they are up for anything. Uh, one day, true story, we did 38,000 steps just walking. Uh, We didn't run, we didn't qualify for a marathon. There it is, your cough is up. Um, We needed to after all the deep fried chicken. But tell us, just in your spirit, just in a snapshot, I know it's a lot to say in a moment, but what did you see? What is God doing in you? What are you bringing back to the room?
1: Uh, Um, I'll echo what you kind of started with was, I was also, I mean, I originally had something else planned to share, but just, uh, again, just seeing transit and actually me and myself, I mean, I just recently turned 29. I'm still young. We're all young. Um, but when we were in the arena with all those people, I couldn't actually fathom, I mean, we don't have something that big here in South Africa yet, I believe in Jesus' name, but something that is now standing at 57 odd thousand people didn't just happen like overnight. It started with the older generation going like, we're gonna come alongside and support this. And I remember like seeing that photo, I was brought back to that moment, going like shucks, we have a two-year-old daughter, and my prayer is that one day she gets to stand in a room, here, like she doesn't have. To, I mean, not the traveling isn't amazing, but like, my prayer is that something would be birthed here, based on what other generations are doing, and yeah. that and for for my daughter, our daughter Summer, we are that generation. Um, I myself didn't grow up in a uh, church-going home; that only happened when I turned like fourteen. But Summer has been in that since birth, as have many of the children of this house, and. Um, yeah, that's what God stood in my heart was like, just bring bring a picture of what happened there home so that this generation and the generations to come, they get to experience that here because travel isn't affordable for so many people. Um, and so I, my prayer is that it would be brought to life here. And yeah.
0: Amen to
2: that. What's the question? Did <laughs> I? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, well, Jordan said it well, but I'd, I'd speak from a personal perspective. I think... For me, going out to the States and being in the arena and, and being around so many incredible people has just opened my eyes to bigger. I know it was big, yes, and the States is big and the burgers are big and the juice is big and the cars are big. Everything's big. But I really do believe that God's opened my eyes to, um, to just see things with a, with a greater perspective um, that there's much more possible here in South Africa. There's much more possible for our church. Surround, so, so we always have that saying, like when you go, you grow. And I really do believe that that's happened for me on a, on a personal level. Um, so what I want to remind myself con- continuously is surround myself with people who have bigger vision than I do. Surround myself with people who are greater communication, greater at communicating than I am. Clearly, surround myself with people who um, who have who have gone the distance, who have done great things and continuously look up to something greater so that I can become greater, instead of thinking that I am the be all and is all and bee's knees and got it all together, um, is to have great mentors and to look to, to bigger, greater vision, yeah. Come on.
0: Um, if, there were, if there were a prayer that you would pray over the generation you're leading, that we could as a church, the reason I'm asking you is because we wanna partner with you. You'll be praying it today over the transit, you'll be praying it Fridays over our young people. Uh, but I actually want everybody in the room to go, when I open my Bible, when I talk to my Father in heaven, I'm joining uh, Gerbs and George and I'm praying what they're praying. What are we praying for your generation? What's the prayer? What are we partnering with?
1: Um, I'm immediately, so Christine Kane, uh, I think she, I don't know where. can't remember, if she, oh she didn't close, but she preached and she spoke on, that passage of Scripture, like new wine, like God is doing a new thing, and He won't throw away the old. And so, like, my prayer, well, I I really would love to encourage our church and those watching online is to actually just continue to pray that God would do a new thing. And again, He doesn't throw out the old. He does something new. Um, He is going to do and continue to do something new in this generation and in the hearts of the generations who've gone before us. Um, But for me personally, I'm praying that God would continuously remind me to just look at things within, with fresh eyes, with new eyes and not think back on the ways of old, but to honor and respect the ways of old, um, but just trust that he is going to do a new thing. And it's so exciting. I was instantly humbled by how cold it was overseas <laughs> and coming back here. Give us here, a
0: perspective, just in case everyone's going cold, Shane, these poor people. Um, like, what are we talking? Three, four, minus
1: five. Yeah, well, the coldest it was, was minus eight. And I was like, this is horrible. Like, <laughs> how can you be joyful outside? I don't know. <laughs> just layers, and then you walk inside a house, and it's so hot. Anyway, I was so happy to come back to South African soil. Guys, we live in a beautiful country. Come on. It's so beautiful here. Um, but, yeah, it was just too cold. I struggled to actually be joyful outside for a few days, and I was like, stop it, get over yourself. Um, But, yeah, just that the prayer would be to continuously look for the new things and know that, like, through God, you have been entrusted to do something about it. Um yeah, everyone's sitting here. Uh, you, have, you can do something new too. And so anyway, that's my prayer Great. for the, going Lord, into the next season.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's, um, seeing 58,000 uh, young adults in a room was quite significant. And there were, there were incredible moments where you know, the, the lights came down and the, the loudness of everything came down. And one guy was on the, st- on, on the stage with one guitar. And, and that was the moment. That was like a holy moment. But hearing everybody sing, was really special for me, and I think my prayer is um, the, the narrative in the world today is that the church is dying, that things are, are, are breaking, pastors are falling off the bandwagon, uh, people are renouncing Jesus, and that, the, that Christianity is not growing. Well, I was in a stadium with yes, 58,000 young adults, and my prayer is that people will start to see that awesome. and actually partner with that awesome. and join that to go, I'm, I'm actually part of a, a really big story, like church, we're a part of like, we're a lot of people in the room today, but we're part of a greater story than, than this room right now. Yeah, awesome. And, and my prayer is that young people, transit, youth, young adults, will start to open the eyes to see I'm part of a great army.
0: Yeah, I'm that. part of a big
2: army. I love
0: that. Hey, transit, will you stand for just a moment? And church, will you stand with me? And when we stretch out our hands to these guys, and uh, we're gonna pray over Jean and George as they do what they're called to do this year. Uh, but we're gonna partner with what they're believing for. And so God, I just pray over this, over this generation, God. Uh, not the one that's to come, the one that is now. They're standing right before us, God. They're in schools and they're in society and they're in the sports field and they carry something, God, and it's new wine. And I just pray, God, that you would mature this new wine, that you would prepare it for the world God, that you would in them start to stir something so deep within their spirits this year, God, that they would see this is not a worldly thing. This is a gospel thing. It's a God story and it's bubbling up on the inside and it will change the world around them. So anoint this generation, God. Set them apart for the things of God. Set them apart to change things in this world, God. And as adults, I just pray in this room, as parents, as society, as your church, God, would you help us to see what you're already doing? Would you help us to see and believe for things that you're already at work in? Holy Spirit, give us eyes. Give us eyes way beyond what we can see in the physical to believe in the spiritual for a story that we could never have imagined. I pray a blessing over Jean and George this year as they lead them, God, just for an extra anointing, for wisdom and courage, God. And I just thank you, God, that opinions of this world and loose comments would fall like arrows gone wrong, before getting close to this couple's hearts, and the fire of heaven would burn so bright in them, God, that we would not ever have imagined what you might build in the seasons and years to come through this ministry. Bless them, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 All right, Transit. Thank you, John and George. You guys can go have a great Sunday. How good is church? Wow, let's see where this goes. I have a few thoughts um, I would love to share with you. Hopefully that kind of connect some of the dots. I guess not everything is easy to speak about in a moment and that's why we're here for a little while. Grateful that the church is a journey, grateful that uh, you're comfortable. So we did commit about three and a half hours to today, so get comfortable, just kidding, (laughs) just kidding. But I I wanna try and connect some dots from what we experienced, what God has shown us, perhaps a little bit of what's been said already uh, to some scripture and perhaps what's being highlighted for me all over again. I'm not sure that it's um, necessarily new, it's that I'm seeing it with new eyes. I think that's half the challenge is that we we get so normal with the things of God. We get so numb to it, it's just another Sunday. You forget how beautiful this building is that we meet in. You forget how amazing the people are that offer you coffee and offer their time in prayer. And we're praying for you before you walked into this room, a worship team that has gone before us and is trusting with new songs, not sure where they'll go, going, God, we're gonna sing them over this church regardless of how they feel. Uh, I don't wanna get normal with this stuff. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna travel and come home and say it was epic, we were in the States, we took cool photos and we saw new things. I wanna be sure that whatever's stirring in us stays new, stays exciting, stays, stays expectant for what God is gonna do. And so I wanna read two scriptures and somehow draw some connections. Is that okay? The first is Genesis chapter 12. You know the scripture or the story. I'm gonna read it again and then draw a parallel to a New Testament version of the same charge and hopefully give you a charge today, Link Church. We are big people in a small world. Now let's go. That's week three. Title of my message is let's go. The call of Abraham is Genesis 12. It says this, and the Lord has said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. This is a challenging charge. You've heard it before, but I feel like we need to hear it again. It's time for us to intentionally leave the familiar for faith. Just just be willing to. I don't know what familiar is for you. I don't know if it's, Um, we've just entered the same year and the same rhythms. And I'm just saying like, God, break people to move in a new direction this year. Break us to build better rhythms. Break us to see things with fresh eyes. Break us to to sing songs with greater faith. Um, But leave your home country, it says, and your country and your people and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And we forget that part. God says to Abram, I need you to leave everything that's familiar. You know, I've preached on this before. It's just a snapshot of where God is trying to stir something and I will make you, Abram, a great nation. He goes on to say amazing things. I will bless you, I'll make your name great. Uh, The thing we secretly want is to leave legacy. Well, God said, I'll give you legacy, but you need to go where I'm calling you. I'll give you legacy. You don't have to strive for it in your own strength. You don't have to prove to people how well you're doing with your Sunday smile when inside (laughs) it's really hard. You just gotta trust me. You gotta be willing to lay it all down, to surrender everything that is precious to you, to go where I'm calling you to be. I'm so reminded this year that this link story, friends, is not Dylan Yarnoch and Tessa Yarnoch's story, it's God's story. And as we enter this year, friends, I wanna be sure that I'm entering it kneeling down with my hands up. I wanna go where He's calling me to go because He's making our names great. There were things that happened on this trip, friends. Dreams came true on this trip. Dreams of meeting people and standing in environments that I I dreamed of as a young man planting church. One day, God could our maybe. And years down the line, God starts to show us that He gives us the desires of our hearts, but not when we walk in our own direction. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing, Link Church, and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left. That's the Abraham story. Let's read the story in Matthew chapter 28. Different story, different day, same charge, go. Jesus is with his disciples. He has walked on the earth with them. Heaven has got really close. Can you imagine walking that close to the heart of God? Can you imagine walking that intimately with Jesus? Certainly that's the prayer as a church that we would get as close to Jesus as the disciples were and more that we wouldn't just show up doing what Jesus said we should do, but that we would find ourselves really excited about who He is and what He's saying and, and what it means to be amongst His people and, and share moments like this where we dream of stadiums being full with 18 to 25 year olds in our country. But Jesus was really close and then, he, and then He says, I'm going and when I go, I'll send a helper far greater than me, you'll do greater things than me. And He even says, it's good that I go. And they're thinking, but God, it can't get better than this. He said, it's good that I go for what's to come is even greater. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit as a church. I don't ever wanna stand here and say, you know, we love Jesus and the Bible's important and church is a good value. If you're that person that says, we want our home to be built on great values, that's awesome. It's step one of the God invitation. It's just the beginning. Good values are just a small part of great intimacy with the God of the universe. The real goal here is not that you do good, it's that you know God. And so Jesus comes back with this discipleship gig going on and they all know him so well and he says, all right, let's watch. Let's, let's look what he says. They're thinking he's back again, he's with us again, he's raised and now he's back and he's with us. And then the Great Commission. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, shame Judas never made this one, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. By the way, when you come to church, there should be no hesitation to get, get off yourself and get off your week and laugh off what's just taken place and worship Him. This is His house. This is where He is. And when they saw Him, they worshiped Him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, by the way, doubt in a crowd is not a distraction to God giving us commission. Just because the three people in the room or maybe all 400 of us at some level doubt, God goes, that's cool. I can deal with doubt. Let's give you something bigger to live by. Therefore, Go. He says, starts by saying all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go, let's go Link Church and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's not to water baptism, friends. Water baptism is just a part of it. This is a, a word baptizer, which is to immerse them. It's to, it's to cover them in your words and your ways and, your, and, and what you do as a church is to baptizo the nations in the name of the Father, the Son and the Spirit. Show them who the Father is, the Son is and the Spirit is. But get out there Link Church. Go, it's safe to stand in church and worship. And he says, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. And why I wanted to read these two scriptures is because the story starts by God commissioning Abraham to leave the familiar and build a new tribe of faith. Abraham was to leave the way he had always built life in flesh and start a new tribe in which he doesn't create the blessing, God gives the blessing and he gives it away. This is how the God story started. It's how the Jewish people, the start of the Jewish story began. And so God takes Abraham and He puts him in a random place and He says, you just trust me, Abraham. I'll do something with your life in a place you never would have planned to be in that you could never have imagined. Well, then you fast track all the years and through the bloodline of Abraham comes Jesus. And at this stage, friends, Gentiles, non-Jewish people, you and I are not a part of the story. But God is still committed to finishing what He started in Abraham, which is your descendants will fill this earth. How can it be that a small group of Jewish people would fill the earth? I'll tell you how it can be. It's that we would get written into that story and groups from all over would become part of what Abraham started. So He says to Abraham, go, and the Jewish nation is built. And then Jesus comes and says, we're about to ramp it up a little bit. And we're gonna take it from the Jewish people to the Gentile people. And this little message of a story of people that was willing to leave the familiar and live by faith is about to transcend human understanding. And we sit in church today and think, how good is it to be in church and see these things and hear these stories and sing these songs, friends. We are only here because Abraham went and we're only here because Jesus, when he said to his disciples, go, guess what they did? They went. And so when I went to the States and I saw what God was doing in the people, all I could think was, thank God Abraham went and thank God Jesus didn't let it end at his little discipleship journey with 12. He said, now you 12, go. Get out of your zone and take this to the world. And so there are a few things I think God is reminding us to get on with as a church, based on what I've seen and I'm feeling. And hopefully this will encourage some of you. It'll definitely challenge all of you. It challenged me, and it would be terrible to rock up on a Sunday without some kind of God challenge, saying, all authority has been given to me. Guess what? Now you have it, go. So the first thing is, you just gotta write this down. This is a freebie. Going is actually a God thing. Going last year, our our vision for the year was move. Next week is Vision Sunday, you don't wanna miss it. It's a phrase that'll shape the year. But last year, our phrase was move, and people just moved. Like literally, we were in America visiting people that moved because we did a Vision Sunday called move. And so this year, it's stay. (laughs) Going is a God thing. It, it, It can be really tempting to buckle down uh, it can be really tempting to, uh, let's not change anything this year. Let's just, let's just do what we've always done. That could be because last year was so shaky and so unraveling that you're just not even, re- you're just not even ready to be challenged. But I wanna tell you, going is a God thing. And as a church, we are building a church that's ready to go. We're gonna Hilton this year. Our Slevin family are already living in Hilton this year. And you talk to them, it hasn't been easy. Uprooting their family from a life on the North Coast, moving into a new area, putting their kids in new schools, uh, breaking a wrist in the process. Uh, You know, things happen when you move. But I wanna tell you, going going's a God thing. And there is a presence of God in your life that goes against what we all might be saying. Don't worry, Mark, it's gonna be okay. We're praying for you. Honestly, friends, let's not give him that kind of encouragement. He knows that already. Let's remind him that Hilton is about to explode in the name of Jesus, that church is about to grow in the name of Jesus because we're a church that goes. Oh, Dill, it must be so hard. You're really gonna miss Mark on the North Coast. We aren't about Mark, we're about God. Yes, we will miss Mark. I already said, I'm doing Midlands retreats every second weekend. But we didn't build church to hang out with our friends. We built church to reach people and to go like Jesus said and to watch businessmen who are filling their bank accounts with more money than they can imagine, but whose hearts are hollow. And some of you are sitting in the room today, big bank accounts, hollow hearts. We built church for you. Not that you would sit in this room and pay the bills. God's got a bigger paycheck, better better checkbook than you. I promise you. But that He would reroute your life to His glory and purpose. That He would put you on a track you could never have imagined. We want to go and reach the schools in Hilton. We want to go and see young kids showing up at school desperate for their parents' approval. Desperate. The most consistent thing I see in young children is a desperate cry for mom or dad to say, I see you and then walk into the church and we say, God sees you. God's written a story for your life and going is a God thing. It's good to be here. But you know, when we go, it's not going to a country. I like America. Some of you don't. You're like, I don't like America. I don't like the way the flag flies. I don't like the arrogance. I don't like all that kind of stuff. You probably need to grow up. But I'm just telling you, America is an amazing nation. They have built an amazing story. And the media reports you read are as bad as the ones they read about us, all right? So just get over media, it's not telling the true story. It has a deep, faithful culture that's changing things on the ground. And going is a God thing, but I'm not talking about going to America or to a country, I'm talking about going to where you've been called. I'm talking about going to what God has called you to. Yes, we went and we got inspired, but this year God will call you somewhere to go and He will do something with your life. And that could be your child's school. It could be a new business relationship. It could be you just leaving the familiar and serving on a team, never done it before. Well, you are being called to serve and to give back to the church as Tess challenged you in that first week to find your security and sonship and then to give so into his story. Going's a God thing. Second thing I want you to write down is God builds generationally. God builds generationally. I cannot begin to describe what it was like standing in a room of 58,000, 58,000. 18 to 25 year olds. Just to give you a perspective, there were 1,632 colleges or universities represented in that room. I'm just gonna say it again for reference. There's about 400 of us in the room here. There were 1,632 plus colleges that they were aware of represented in that room. There was a moment where they raised funds to translate a Bible into a language of a people group that has never read the Bible in their own language before. So whenever someone preaches in their church, it's in Lima in Peru, uh, I forget the name of the people, I'll think of it in just a moment, uh, but they were raising funds to translate the Bible, which for you and I is so natural, we just open NIV, NKJV, what, what version you want? Message, Amplified, we even argue which version's right. They've never read it in their own language. So someone preaches and then someone translates, but when they open, they don't have it. And so in this Passion Conference, friends, I'm talking 18 to 25-year-olds, in the Passion Conference, they take up a moment, an offering, it's going to cost about a million dollars to translate one translation of the Bible. It takes a long time. It takes people hours. It's not just like you push a button and there's the Bible. We would get a terrible version of it. And so they really, there's people, groups that meet and they fuss through. What does the scripture mean? Let's try and write it in our language. Does it apply itself in the same way? Is it making sense? So it's about a million dollars. And they said during this conference, we're trusting that we're going to raise that. Well, a group of 57,000 18 to 25 year olds raised $2.1 million, friends. Yeah, you can give God some praise. And the way they're doing it is saying at $35 a month, you fund a a verse of scripture over a a year. I think it's a chapter something. It's like 12 something, 12 by 12. And these students are choosing to give $35 of their own money a month to see a Bible translated. Friends, I I can't stand in that room and watch this take place and go, yeah, you know, it's pretty awesome being in America and the food's great and it's a nice Mercedes-Benz stadium without going, how's God doing this? How did did 1,632 colleges? Parents, you're fussing through whether your child's okay. They're gonna be just fine. The challenge is you. The challenge is whether you have the courage to believe that what's on their life is big enough to see through what's in the world around them. Because when 57,000 people stand in a room and raise a shout of praise to Jesus, there was this moment, and I'm gonna have to demonstrate it. There was a moment where the worship stopped And the room went quiet and the worship was loud. Like this is, this is like we're warming up, Link Church. (laughs) And there was a moment where the worship stopped and Kristen Stanfield, perhaps one of the most renowned worship leaders in the world and the team of passion and you can imagine every worship leader you've ever imagined was in that conference leading worship at some stage. Everyone you've ever listened to on a disc was leading. This is who our young people are now associating with. And there was a moment where that didn't matter and literally the worship team lay down on the stage like this, put their instruments down, and the room started to sing. Holy are you, Lord God, almighty, worthy is the Lamb. 20 minutes, we didn't move, 20 minutes. Where are you rushing to, Link Church? What's the rush? Where are you off to? What's next? Who you got lunch with that's so important? Are you Lord God Almighty? And I want to stand with the generation that's willing to sing on their own for twenty minutes. That Christian Stanford would put that down as the highlight of his worship career. And the reason I say this is because uh, uh, I need you to pray for me. Ah uh, just kidding, just kidding. Um, is because God builds generationally. Abraham's story I started that story because I wanted to show you God was still building what he started in Abraham when Jesus was there Jesus wasn't like a new addition to the story he was part of the same story friends and the Gentiles that got saved weren't like this random addition to God's story that suddenly changed God went from plan A to plan B we need a new plan no same story I'm starting a tribe and it lives with a different purpose and it lives by faith not by flesh and now we're a part of it and he's building generationally and we shouldn't be concerned for the next generation we should be cheering them on and celebrating what God is already doing in them. And the thing that bridges the gap between generations is a very simple thing, it's called honor. Christine Kane preached this beautiful message on new wine. Jordan mentioned it just now. And there's a story in the Bible that says speaks about new wine and wineskins. You can't put new wine in old wineskins, otherwise the wineskin will crack and you'll lose the wine. And so there's this kind of imagery of taking a wineskin and adding new wine to it. It's a, it's a, it's a new skin and it's new wine. Uh, people often reference this, like what's God doing on the planet? What's the new wine? But she said something so beautiful. She said, like any wine, it ages over time. So the old wineskin, although he's doing a new thing with the new wine, it's still new wine, and it's a new wineskin. It's got time it needs before it matures. You can't expect the best wine to flow from a generation that are carrying new things when that just started. And you can't afford to throw out wine that's been brewing over years of faithfulness in an older generation. That wine's gone, this one's come, and then we get frustrated because it isn't what we want, but we've thrown that out because it's tired. And she just spoke about how actually the generations are got to build on her. I, I, this year, I'm more committed to sitting in the room, and I mean this, with older people that have done what I haven't done yet and could teach me things. And? I'm committed to sitting across the table with younger people whose wine is still sour and it needs time in the barrel. And I'm gonna make sure that they don't chuck it out the barrel before the wine is ready. Like they give up before the wine's even ready for consumption. This is just an analogy, but as a church, what I'm learning from Abram to Jesus and to us is that God builds generationally. I sat around the table, is that minus already? You're gonna have to come to the 10 a.m. service. Do we still do that? Do we still do a 10 a. service? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, worship team, you can come and join me. I'm gonna honor your time. But um, we, are, we need to start believing that we have a role to play in bridging the gap between generational divides. Commenting on the next generation is not helpful. Champion them as Generation Z. They just, are oh really? They're just dynamic? Is that what you were gonna say? They're spirit-filled, full of life, full of faith, faster than you are, quicker than you are, more dynamic than you are, braver than you are. Is that what you meant to say? Because I'm gonna add it if you can't. Before you get there, I'm gonna get in. We are not raising a generation we should be concerned by. I'm gonna say it again and again and again. This is a generation God has called. It's just new wine, it's just a start. At 20, I was unimpressive wine. At 40, I don't know, maybe like a little bit worth it. But I intend to be doing this when I'm 80, 90, God willing, 121. I will celebrate that 21st all over again. Thank you, Discovery Vitality. But I'm not expecting to pour out my best wine at this age. And just a heads up, if you're sitting around like 50, 60, 70, 80, and you're going, that's right, they'll preach it. My wine's ready to flow. You've also got some growth still. But God builds generationally. I was sitting around the table with some friends just upstate from New York. And uh, the one of the guys at the table was from a Jesuit faith. Have you ever heard of the Jesuits? Perhaps responsible for the American education system. Uh, perhaps you would even argue that the American economy is built on Jewish principles, on not Jewish, Jesuit principles. I can't go into the detail now, but it's a very fascinating group of people, very dynamic group of people. And, um, It's not a Christian faith. There would be different values at some level, different beliefs. And this guy, Mark, super interesting guy, asked me questions that no one's ever asked me before. (laughs) I was like, honestly, could we just skip, phone a friend? And um, he said to me, when you die, what do you wanna leave? I never thought about that. And he was quite an urgent guy, so I responded with the same kind of urgency. I said, family. And he just paused and he said, is profound. I didn't even know why I said it. I think God needed to show me something. He said that's profound. He said the one thing no one ever thinks about is the genuine family legacy. That now the Jesuits are built on generational, 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 generational blessing. Our culture, can I just talk to us just for a moment, South Africans? Can I be honest with us? Like we're scared of nepotism. We're scared of giving our children a gap because otherwise someone else will be Friends, give them a gap. Back them. Their wine's probably worse than the one you could have employed, but give them a gap. Show them that generations matter. And he called his wife. He said, what's his name, Lauren? Lauren, <laughs> get over here. You should be hearing what this guy's talking about. And I'm thinking, I just said, family, I don't know what I'm talking about. He says, you should be here. He said, our society is losing. He's talking, he's talking about America now. It's losing its, its family. It's losing, its, it's losing the table. I've got three other things to share with you, but I wanna end here because God builds generationally. And you don't have the privilege of your table being empty in this season of God needing to be build generations. You don't have the privilege of going, I don't really have good friends in my peers, age group. You know, no one's really close to me. You need to get over that little moment in yourself and you need to open up your table and you need to put people around that table and you need to say, talk to me. Where could I be better? Where could I grow into more of what God has for me? You didn't put young people around your table, say, what are you dreaming about? How could I get behind it? What could I do? I came home. (laughs) I put my children. Man, I was so stirred, friends. Because John and George come home, you know what happens? They start youth on a Friday night, we're glad they're doing it, no one cares. We're glad they're doing it, but when the moment comes to get behind it, that's the challenge. And I put my kids on the couch and I said, kids, I don't really care where you end up in the world. I don't really care where I end up, but what I will say unapologetically to you is anything's possible. Anything's possible. And if you dream of my girl wants to go and do stuff, I don't know, somewhere in the world, UK, America, who knows, we'll figure it out in time to come. But baby girl, you're not limited to the borders of the boundaries that people have set by their words and opinions and ways. You, my girl, live in a generational blessing and it's not a blessing. I come from a great home, but let me tell you, our boundaries are small compared to the home that God is building. The home God is building has multiple boundaries, multiple layers. David says to God, he says, my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. That wasn't his family's boundary lines. That was the kingdom of heaven that had been unlocked for him as he said yes to the things of God. Friends, going is a God thing and generations still matter. Stand with me this morning. Have we got oil? Did we organize some? Here's what we're gonna do. I'll talk about this other stuff another day. We're gonna invite anybody who For whatever reason, you just know in your heart, I gotta get in on this God story. I invite you to come forward right now. Don't worry about what's happening. Don't worry about where the band or at. If that's you, if you're in the room today and you're saying, "Dill, I want in on building generations. I know I need to give my life to this story. Link Church, let's flip the script today. Let's not stay seated where we're comfortable. Let's come forward. Let's fill this altar with people going, this year, I will not put these hands to ordinary work. I will put them to anointed, God-ordained, Spirit-led stories that I could never have imagined. Prayer team, if you can come and help me, I'm gonna do what I can to move around. But I think let's just get our prayer team to come forward. We're gonna keep going. Worship team, I'm gonna sing. And if that is you and you're standing up front, this is awesome. Just open up your hands and we're gonna come past and we're gonna do something super simple. We're just gonna put a little bit of oil in your hands and we're gonna pray that God anoints you to fill your table up with a different expectation this year. To fill your business up with a different expectation hey, this like Spirit uh, of God I, you, God, I thank you that this church oh, is not signed up for ordinary. Oh, I thank you for oh, every person oh, that stands at this altar this morning with open hands, because we know that means an open heart. And I pray, Spirit of God, that you would pour out in extremes, we ask, Holy Spirit, double anointings, double anointings, extra measures of your presence. I pray, God, that as these hands unlock doors, that Your presence would go before them. God, that You would move in ways they've never imagined. I pray for the older heads around this altar this morning, God. I pray that as they lay their hands on a younger generation, that fire that the fire that has kept them faithful for years would be deposited into the children that are gonna take that fire forward. I thank you, there is fire. I wanna tell you old people, there's a fire in your heart still. It hasn't gone out, God's not done with your life. And as you lay your hands, as you put those, just those willing, humble hands on the next generation, I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's in the foyers, I don't care if it's a hug around your your son or daughter's friends on the sports field, but I want you to have faith that when you put your hands on young generations, that the fire that's carried you through seasons of hardship, that the fire that's seen the mountains come down, that that fire would come upon the next generation. And God, I thank you for the young generation that stands with their hands open, that they would receive today. They would receive not just another critic, not just another old generation, we hope that, know that they would receive the blessing of heaven to move in powerful ways in their schools, God. Anoint them, flip classrooms, God. Change the classroom, God. Change the sports field, Jesus. When they speak, God, I pray that their words be like arrows. God, that you supernaturally mature the wine that's been put in their stories, in their temples, just supernaturally. Come on, worship team, just bless them in this place as we pray for people. We're going to continue to pray.